Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of The Radio School. With your host as always, Good rockin' morning, everybody in listener land. Today is Tuesday, which is not Monday. For those of you following along at home, we had a little uh, difficulty yesterday with the server, but we are back up and running now, so I apologize to my five listeners out there for the delay. So we're just going to do Monday's show today uh, with a few extra things added in. Of course, we had the uh, Redskins and Panthers game last night, so we can... uh, go into that a little bit, but what I want to do is, you know, it's the holiday season and Christmas is, I mean, five days away. The year is flying by and I know everyone feels like that. So I want to take some time and open up the phone lines. 215-383-3687 is a number to call into the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Tell me your holiday stories, your winter stories, good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. I am going to start off with a Real nice story. And let me try to to set the mood for you a little bit here. Oh, silent majesty of a winter's morn. Clean, cool chill of the holiday air. An asshole in his bathrobe, emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer. Shitter was full! Ah, yeah. Check our shitter, sonny. Ah, it's that time of year again, folks. So this is a true story I want to tell you quick uh, before we get into all this sports nonsense today. When I was about eight years old, uh, my folks and I were living in a small town called New Munster, Wisconsin. Um, I don't remember what time of year it was. I mean, I know it was winter time, but it was probably it was probably November, December, close to the holiday season anyway. And um, I, I was running a fever, real high fever. I had been really sick um, just with the flu. And I had slept on the couch that night uh, just because I was so sick. It was close to my parents' bedroom, and they wanted me to sleep close by. And during the night, I had this strange dream that my stepdad was chasing me with a giant snowball, rolling it after me, chasing me. And somewhere in the night, I woke up and still thought I was dreaming. And I can remember so vividly waking up and and just that awful feeling of just sheer terror that, oh, my God, I have to get out of here. Now, I'm eight years old, mind you, and it's wintertime in Wisconsin. And I thought, I got to get out of here. My dad, he's chasing me. I, I, he's going to run me over with this giant snowball. I was so afraid. So no joke. I ran out the front door, still delirious, still thinking that I'm dreaming, but I'm actually doing this, okay? I actually woke up. I actually ran out the front door, the back door, with this real long gravel driveway. Of course, it was all snow-covered because it was wintertime. And I, I, don't, I didn't have any socks on. I know that. I can tell you that for sure. But um, I think I had a T-shirt on maybe and some underwear. I mean, I was eight years old, you know, as a little kid. Winter 
in Wisconsin. So I run down the driveway and I remember standing at the end of the driveway and I remember looking left to Kirkman subdivision and looking right. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, if I, if I go left, he's probably going to be around back of that subdivision waiting for me. So I'm going to go right. So I, I went to the right and I crossed the road. We were the only house on that side of the road. So in order to get to all the other neighboring houses, you had to cross the road. So I crossed the road. I'm running through people's yards and I'm pounding at everyone's door in the middle of the night. I, not even in the middle of the night, it, early in the morning. I mean, like one o'clock in the morning. So I'm pounding at everybody's door in the morning, screaming, help me, help me. Call, call 911. My dad's chasing me with a giant snowball. Now, I just want to, this is not, this is a true story. This actually happened. This is not me dreaming that this happened. This is actually me being so flu ridden that I was delirious and actually thinking this. This was actually taking place that night. So I'm running around from door to door, pounding on doors. Please help me. My dad's chasing me with a giant snowball. And a couple of people pounded back. I mean, imagine the balls of someone who's just so upset that an eight-year-old is waking them up at one o'clock in the morning, begging them to call the police that they just pound on the door back at you. Good Lord. I won't say who that was, but I remember vividly who it was. But so I continue on and I keep going around and, and geez, I probably went to about 12 houses and I finally rounded the corner, probably about a quarter mile away from my house. Now I rounded the corner and I knocked on this one door and the lights came on and the people answered the door. And from then on, I, the only thing I remember after that is I remember them bringing me inside and I remember them giving me a coat to put on because it was freezing cold. And I think I got some cocoa or tea or something, something hot to drink. And uh, I remember there's a husband and wife and they asked me now, can you tell us again what, what happened? And they're, they're looking at me. And I remember I started to say it and I started to realize, oh man, what, what am I saying? And I looked at him and I said, my dad's chasing me with a giant snowball? Almost like I didn't believe it myself. So they, okay, what's your phone number? And I, I knew my phone number and I told them what my phone number was. And my parents came to pick me up. And of course, my mom was hysterical at that point. But um, every time now, it's just, it's very strange. Every time it, it becomes wintertime and it becomes the holiday season, I, I just think about that story and how vividly I can remember that happening. That's probably the one or two one of maybe two or three memories I have in my life that is just so crystal clear from so long ago that I can tell the story a thousand times and remember every single detail. I remember how I felt, you know, how, how cold it was. I remember everything. So that's my holiday story. Two one five three eight three three six eight seven is a number to call into the Hewitt moving and storage hotline. Give a call. If you have any holiday stories, if you have any grapes, if you have any complaints, if you have any comments, give a call. Let me know. You can always email the show at realscoreradio at gmail.com. Anytime with your questions, concerns, comments, or rude commentary, whatever. Let's get into football. Um, of course, we had a game last night that I want to talk about, but what I really want to start off with is some of these coaching changes that we saw happen um, recently. Uh, Jeff Fisher was fired, as you all know, by the Los Angeles Rams, and that's really not a big surprise to anyone. I think we could all see it coming based on the fact that Eric Dickerson was in a feud with Jeff Fisher, which I'm not sure why that matters. 
I mean, I, Eric Dickerson, obviously Hall of Fame player. He's a very well-respected member of the the past L.A. Rams organization. But um, when that whole feud broke out and that came in the headlines, I think everyone could see, like, yeah, this is the end. I mean, who's going to take the fall for this? You know, first of all, Eric Dickerson isn't working for the Los Angeles Rams, so they can't really fire him. But, you know, when that whole thing happened, I just thought to myself, yeah, it's, it's over. It's over for Fisher, which I'm not sure if – I mean, I know a lot of people feel this way, but did this come, like, way too late for the Rams? I mean, I suppose not, because they're just moving to L.A., so, they, you know, it, it's it's okay. This is, like, year one of the Los Angeles Rams, right? So it didn't work out this season. Let's let them go. Let's move on. But, man, oh, man, it took long enough. You know, Jeff Fisher is the most highly praised bad coach I have ever seen in my life, other than maybe – Maybe Lovey Smith, and I like Lovey Smith. Like, don't get me wrong; he seems like a really nice guy. But um, he's another one that that you throw his name out there, and people are like, "Oh yeah, Lovey Smith, yeah, good coach." It's like, really? I mean, he went to the Super Bowl, I suppose. I suppose you got to give him credit. He took Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl for Christ's sake. But other than that, I mean, just he's done nothing. Same thing with Jeff Fisher. I mean, he took the Titans to the Super Bowl, I think, and lost to the Rams, if I'm not mistaken, all those years ago, uh, when the Titans were a pretty new, brand new franchise. Um, and other than that, that was it. He, he's done nothing except give you funny sound bites. And that's it. About his seven and nine teams. Now he's not going to go seven and nine. And then every year he seems to go six and 10, seven and nine, eight and eight. If he's lucky, horrible. He's, I mean, he's got one of the lowest winning percentages in all of football and people are still like, Oh wow. Where's Jeff Fisher going to land? Nowhere. He's going to land nowhere. In three weeks, he'll be head coach of the Kingsford Flivers in Kingsford, Michigan. And he'll probably take a pay cut. I actually have some – I've got a lot of audio today. Uh, we, we've got a great show. I've got some exclusive audio, and this was recorded in the Rams locker room. And this was about an hour before Jeff Fisher was actually fired. And it's a conversation between Coach Fisher and one of the – uh, staff um, on the Los Angeles Rams. Listen in. What, you want to lose your job? What job? This isn't a job. I'm a slave to this park. Always have been. Kids throwing bottles. Cars on fire. I got no help anymore. Randy's gone. You ask me if I care. Come on. You ask me. Go ahead and ask me right. if I care. All right. All right. Do you care, Jim? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and ask me. I just asked. What? Yep. Fisher's been uh, <laughs> sucking back on grandma's cough medicine, I think, a little bit there. Wow. So where's Jeff Fisher going to land? I don't think he lands anywhere. Um, I shouldn't say that. I, I do think he lands somewhere. I don't think that he should land anywhere. Um, Jeff Fisher's one of those guys that, like, it – for whatever reason, he seems like he's a good coach. People want to defend him. I don't know why. Um, it's just he'll he'll go somewhere. I mean, he'll go somewhere, and, and you never know. He might be a success. Who knows? But I think the evidence is pretty, pretty damning that he's not going to be a success. Um, Gus Bradley. But that was um, that was quick. I mean, I, I shouldn't say it was quick. What, is, what was he? Fourteen and forty-eight with the Jaguars. I mean, that's another one. Like, come on. 
I mean, how, how, what, what do you have to do to get fired? I mean, you're 14 and 48, and you and they thought they finally let him go, and now they're gonna. Now Doug Marone is the um, interim head coach, and he's just, yep, Blake Bortles is the guy, sticking with him. Now, do I think that Blake Bortles is the problem in Jacksonville? No, not really. But he's certainly, in my mind, not not part of the solution. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's, his quarterback rating this year is 48.3. I mean, I know the Jaguars need a lot more, but they have some pieces there. You know, they just need to get that one major wow, you know, that one big piece. So I don't think Gus Bradley, if he goes anywhere, it's as a low-level assistant. Um, he didn't have much name recognition anyway. And, you know, being that he was with Jacksonville and, and did so poorly – I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know what? It could surprise you. You know, um, look at Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio is with, with Jacksonville for quite a while, and he was horrible with Jacksonville. And all of a sudden, he takes over at Oakland, and uh, the Raiders are a, are a playoff team. So you never know. I, but I don't think Gus Bradley's going to do too much. I think he'll probably end up as a low-level assistant somewhere, and we'll probably forget his name for several years. And, you know, probably 10 years down the road, his name will come back up as he has more experience. And that's usually how it works. So. You know these coaches that get fired. You just how, how, you can't feel bad for them. I mean, they got. None of us know what this coaching job is like. I mean, it is a it is a it is your life. There is nothing else you do except coach football. That is it. And it's a tough job. You know, like I said, none of us really know how tough it is, but I, I'm sure it's just really tough. But you, I just can't feel bad for these guys. I mean, they make a ton of money. Um, they're gonna be fine. Rex Ryan is an interesting guy. Um, rumor has it that he's going to be out with the Bills, and that's really not a surprise either, because just like Jeff Fisher, he's got some good, a couple good seasons on his resume, but other than that, there's not really much going on there. I think that the smart play for Rex Ryan would be to step back to a defensive coordinator role. Because I think he would really do well with it. I think he's proven that as a head coach, um, he's just not—he's just not a great head coach. He's not bad. He's just not very good. So I think that would be a great thing for him would be defensive coordinator, and it'll probably happen. I mean, realistically, the Bills will probably let him go, and that'll be the end of it. And we'll see him land somewhere else. Um, geez, who knows? The Brown—the Browns might, um, you know, pick him up as their head coach because the Browns love to make decisions like that, that I don't know, seemingly make no sense, but who knows? They, they, I, I don't know. Who knows? It's the Browns guys. It's the Browns. Let's talk a little bit about the game last night. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I don't really have anything uh, invested in either team. And it was just kind of a, I don't know. I mean, the Panthers are what playing to be eight and eight this year and the Redskins are, they're, they're decent, but they're not, you know, I don't know. They're, they're not a huge, big story. Um, well, there's one thing I want to talk about in particular. Early in the game, we noticed that Cam Newton was sliding a lot more. And I believe it was on a second slide. He took a uh, – I don't know if it was an exact helmet-to-helmet hit, but he did get hit on the head with some part of the defender's body, shoulder pad, helmet, arm, whatever. And I thought it was really interesting that they 
he, he didn't pop back up and he threw the ball at, at the defender and they threw a flag on Cam Newton for unsportsmanlike conduct. Now I think he deserved that flag because it's, it's a textbook penalty. You throw the ball at someone that's, that's a flag. But I thought it was interesting that with all this drama in the NFL nowadays with player safety and all this stuff, there's one player that seems to not be protected and that's Cam Newton. Now, believe me, I'm the last one that wants to apologize for Cam Newton, because I don't like Cam Newton, and I've been very open about that. But it's pretty clear, isn't it, that for some reason, all these other players are being protected, and Cam Newton is not. Just put yourself from from a fan's perspective. Okay, if that was Aaron Rodgers, who slid and then took a hit, first of all, it would have been flagged, I can guarantee you. Second of all, if it hadn't have been flagged for whatever reason, the official had a heart attack and passed up on the field. I don't know. If it hadn't been flagged, there would be outrage. It would be unbelievable, the shitstorm that would come from that. It would be unbelievable. And, I mean, they'll talk about it today, you know, Cam Newton. But, I mean, do people really care? And that's what's kind of crazy about it is that we, we talk so much about player safety and all this, you know, nonsense. And it, that's what it is from the NFL. It's just nonsense. They don't care. This is about money. This is a business. You know, they can tell you that they care, but they don't. And everybody knows that. You know, we're not stupid. But I just think it's interesting that every other player in the league, uh, specifically every other quarterback in the league, seems to get protected pretty well. And the smallest little thing will get penalized against a quarterback. Except for Cam Newton. It's just, it's strange. It's strange. But anyway, that's all the time I'm going to spend on that game. Let's move on to the pack. What a nail biter in Chicago. Um, boy, that was, uh, started off looking great. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Packers look decent. But uh, what started off as a, you know, a, a, a jovial you know, fun time turned into kind of like a, oh boy, really fast, you know, thanks to Matt Barkley. Let me say that one more time. Thanks to Matt Barkley. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I I don't know. It was cold, whatever. It was really, really cold. So I'm sure that was a factor, but wow, that was uh, way too close for comfort. For Packer fans, um, and give the Bears credit. I mean, they hey, they hung tough. Um, the Packers and Bears is always a, a great game. I mean, the majority of my listeners here are Packer fans. Some of you are not, but the majority are. But uh, for those of you that that follow the Packers or the Bears, you know that it doesn't matter. The Packers can have a horrible season, and the Bears can be at the top of the, the league, or vice versa. And these two teams play each other, and it's rarely a blowout. Um, no matter what the talent level or quality of the team, each team is, this is such a, I mean, it's the oldest rivalry in the NFL. And these teams are so close to each other. And they play each other twice a year, and they have forever. They know each other so well. It doesn't matter which team is actually better. Um, it's it's usually always a really good game. So it's a fun game to watch. It's definitely a fun rivalry. Um, but that was close. Um like I said, uh, a little bit too close for my liking, but, you know, it, it is what it is. A win's a win. Um, third to 27, Packers take it. Last-second field goal from Mason Crosby seals it. Uh, was anybody else nervous? I was really nervous about that. 
I honestly thought because the at that time when when Rodgers threw that sixty yard bomb to Jordy Nelson, which was just perfect timing, that was exactly what we needed there um, to put us in that great field goal range. When he threw that bomb, the Bears still had two timeouts left, so we run down the field, um, spike the ball with what four, three, four seconds left on the clock, and the Bears had two timeouts left. Now, Mason kicked the first field goal, and there was a timeout. It was good, but nope, didn't count. There was a timeout, and I thought, oh, okay. And I'm looking; they they still had another timeout. I thought this myself. They're going to ice them twice, and I'm, I'll tell you something: had they done that, Packers might have missed that field goal. I was honestly concerned. I thought, okay, you know, we'll get the second one. First one was right down the middle. We'll get the second one, no problem. Mason's a pro. He's he's a, he's a good kicker. But then I thought to myself, as right before they snapped the ball for the second kick, I thought to myself, if they call timeout here and he makes it and they force him to kick a third time, I'd be really nervous. I'm really surprised. I really am that John Fox did not elect to take that third and final timeout. I mean, there's no time left on the clock. What do you got to lose? And you're three and whatever, a hundred at this point, Chicago. So who, who cares? But yeah, I mean, 32 yard field goal time expired. That was nice. Um, I was really disappointed with Devonte Adams, but I think he had two drops for touchdowns and, you know, this has been a roller coaster ride with him. And it goes back to what I say about draft and develop. You know, I mean, how long is it going to take for this guy before we can trust him 100%, before he is 100% reliable? You know, before Jordy's injury, he was that 100% guy, where if the ball was in his area, if the ball touched his hands, he was going to catch it. I don't remember any time in the last couple seasons where there was a ball, aside from this season, you know, after coming off the injury, where there was a ball that hit Jordy Nelson in the hands, and I thought, ooh, he should have had that. If it, it hit him, it was like, ooh, that would have been a tough catch. I can, you know, I can see why he dropped it. But it, Devontae Adams, how long is this going to take? I mean, is it safe to say next season or the season after? But realistically, by the time he gets to that point where he's, you know, taking that next step and he's a standout wide receiver, it's going to cost too much money and we're going to trade him. That's what we do. So all this draft and develop, all this time we're spending on him is really going to get us, what, two two great seasons maybe with him? Doesn't make sense to me. I was disappointed. I thought he's looked good. I was almost ready to eat my words, but no more. I'm definitely not going to do that now. You know, I've been – I know there's a lot of you that are that feel the same way, and we've been saying that, you know, this is show me something else with uh, Devontae Adams. You can make the tough catches, but you can't make the easy catches. And that's, that's his biggest thing, you know, and for a guy that apparently practices so well and who is the whatever off season MVP, according to Cracker Jack, Mike McCarthy, um, he just can't seem to be consistent all the time. Consistent, consistently. I guess that's a good way to put it. That's what we need from him. We need constant consistency. Okay, now I'm all screwed up now. Just just play better, okay? Just continuously, continuously create continuous 
Now I'm all screwed up. Okay. Let's reset here. Um, but a good win. Uh, a win is a win. The Bears, uh, 3-11. Um, they're rebuilding. It's tough. It's tough to beat the Bears up because they are. They're rebuilding. And they probably have something going on that's that's going to be pretty good here. But I don't know. Probably not in my lifetime, but <laughs> eventually. Uh, it was cold. Um, it was 11 degrees in Chicago. The wind chill was minus four. Now, most of you that are listening are are in Wisconsin, maybe a couple in Florida scattered around, uh, maybe a couple in Hawaii here. But, you know, I was talking about this with my, my off-scenes producer, Todd Hewitt, and I said, you know, we were kind of talking about these cold games. And people think that, that you know, home field advantage – is an advantage and, and it is a lot of times, but when these games are this cold like this, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. Okay. Back in the fifties, whatever, when, you know, you had players like Ray Nitschke on the field smoking three packs of cigarettes, you know, before halftime, these, most of these guys, they lived full time in Wisconsin or they lived full time in Chicago. So they, they were, their bodies were a little more, acclimated to that, you know, extreme cold. But these guys now, I mean, they, they might live here during the season, but, you know, they go home to California or Florida or Texas or wherever, you know, most of them anyway, during the off season, you know, so they're just not used to this kind of cold. I mean, I don't care who you are. You know, you talk about the Green Bay Packers playing in minus four degrees. I don't care if you're playing the Miami Dolphins. I guarantee you that each team in a minus four degree day is really cold. It's not, there is not one team that can handle four degrees, minus four degrees better than another team. It's cold. Okay. When my wife and I moved back to um, Wisconsin from St. Thomas, um, I of course, you know, spent most of my youth and, and some of my adult years uh, in cold weather between upper Michigan and Wisconsin. So I was just kind of used to it, not necessarily used to it, but I knew what to expect. My wife had never spent time in that extreme cold weather. And while she'd been to New York, you know, she, she had experienced some cold and seen snow before. She's never experienced cold like Wisconsin cold. Um, and I remember we went, uh, oh, geez, we went out shopping somewhere and it was at night and it was cold. And I think the thermometer in my jeep said 15 below and it probably wasn't actually 15 below but with the wind chill it was probably 17 20 below with the wind chill not the actual temperature and i remember she asked me you know how how do you guys handle this like how do you guys live here in this and people just stay and i said you know once it gets below zero it's just cold like it whether it's one whether the wind chill is one two three or four below or whether it's 20 below, do you really feel that much of a difference? I mean, it's just really freaking cold. So these, these players, I mean, they, I don't care who you are. You just don't get used to that. You know, when it's that cold, it's just that cold for everybody. But a good game. Um, huge game for Ty Montgomery. I didn't see that coming. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm on the airwaves in front of millions of viewers right now, listeners right now, I will tell you, I was wrong about Ty Montgomery. I honestly did not see this happening. Now, this is the Bears. Okay, this is the Bears' run defense. 
but 162 yards and two touchdowns rushing for Ty Montgomery. I don't remember the last time that that's happened on, on a Green Bay Packers team where we could say that a Green Bay Packer running back in one game rushed for 162 yards and two touchdowns. Um, huge. There's a lot of people saying, um, you know, a lot of experts, quote unquote, and the four little net, four letter networks saying that the Packers are a dangerous team right now. And I'm still skeptical, you know, because as Packer fans, we see the good and the bad and we see everything, the ins and outs. We don't just see it through rose colored glasses. Like, you know, the rest of the country kind of looks at Wisconsin. Oh, the, the Packers will be fine. They'll be fine. We see what's happening in real time. And there's a lot of people that are saying that they're a dangerous team and that no one really wants to play the Packers right now. And like you said, I'm skeptical, but I kind of agree with that. Their defense has been very opportunistic. Um, you know, I, five interceptions last week against the Seahawks and what, two or three interceptions on Sunday? I mean, the two or three interceptions against Matt Barkley, I get it, but Russell Wilson is not a quarterback that is, you know, well-known for turning the ball over like that. And the Seattle defense is not – they're not going to blow your doors off, but they're not bad. Um, they had this defense. I, I don't know. There's something – they got torched a little bit against Chicago, no doubt. But, again, I mean, I – it's tough when, when it's that cold and, and it's that environment, you're never going to have your best game. I mean, unless you're Edgar Bennett running in the mud and the muck in, in 20 degree weather on a rainy green Bay day, you're just not going to have a good game. It's just not going to happen, but I'll give the defense some credit. I really will. They are becoming opportunistic again, and that's what they need to do. We need to win that turnover battle to win games. Got to keep the running game going, big time. Um, that's huge. I'm looking for Kristen Michael to play a bigger role. Um, you haven't seen too much from him. You've seen some good runs from him. I think he had a 42-yard run on Sunday that looked really good. Um, the run itself looked good, but I don't know if you guys saw the stiff arm that he laid on the defender. Uh, it was awesome. That stiff arm right there, reminded me now bear with me here of adrian peterson i'm not trying to compare Kristen michael to adrian peterson even though i think they did have about the same yardage in both of their games on sunday um but Kristen michael he seems to run with anger um he seems to run with a chip on his shoulder you know before the seattle game he said i can't i just i can't wait i want to get the ball i want to show them they made a mistake by cutting me. And I think that can be a good thing, you know, when you've got that kind of chip on your shoulder. Uh, I think it ultimately can be a bad thing, but for now, it seems to be a good thing. And I think we need to kind of let him loose, take, you know, kind of take the shackles off and just kind of let him go a little bit more because I think we could have something really good here. I mean, do I think Lacey comes back? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. But I mean, I'll tell you what, Montgomery's staying, that's for sure. And, you know, if you tell me we have, Montgomery, Eddie Lacy, and Kristen Michael, all of a sudden our running game, you know, as a one, two, three, our running game doesn't look too bad. We can bolster that offensive line and shore up that run blocking. We're going to be in good shape. So it's exciting. I mean, it's Packers have to win out. 
Um, but I think they're capable. I didn't see them beating the Eagles. I didn't see them beating the Texans. I thought it was going to be a close game against the Bears, which it was. But, hey, you know what? They're When they need to turn it on, they're turning it on. And that's important. So we'll see. you got to keep showing me, but we'll see. I want to get to um, some of the voicemails that I got. I one in particular from Susan in the UP. Um, Susan's got a couple comments about the Green Bay Packers. We're going to listen to Susan's voicemail. Susan here in the UP, uh, taking into consideration a rather kind of ugly win this week in Chicago, what do you think the pack needs to focus on in the upcoming game against Minnesota, both offensively and defensively? Thanks, Mike. All right. That's a, that's a great voicemail. Um, and thank you, Susan, for, for leaving that all the way from the UP Kingsford, Michigan. Thanks for listening. Um, I think offensively, like I said, they have to keep this running game going. Um, the The Minnesota Vikings have a good defense, but they are they're kind of suspect. Um, they've they've had a lot of injuries. I, they've gotten some players back, but um, boy, I think if you can run the ball half as well, even as you ran the ball against Chicago. Um, I think it'll be a long day for the Vikings defense because I think our passing game is clicking now. And I know the game is in Green Bay. I would almost rather have the game be in Minnesota because, let's face it, the Packers just, they play better. Rodgers plays better in a dome, in a controlled environment. But, you know, hopefully we won't have any crazy weather in, in Green Bay, but you never know. But it will be nice if we can get this win at home um, but I think the running game has to keep up. I think that is the key to this victory is to establish the run early and often with Montgomery and Kristen Michaels. Again, my, I love Montgomery. I love what he's doing. I think it's awesome, but I, I do think you need to get Kristen Michaels involved a little bit more too, because I think that one, two punch at this point right now could be really dangerous. Um, as far as defense goes, I think we need to keep on the aggressive defense. Um, it wasn't that extreme on Sunday, but I did notice that in the second half, the Packers' defense kind of went to the prevent defense, which is pretty typical of the Green Bay Packers when they have the lead, and it's typical of a lot of teams when they have the lead. But I think it's really important for in this game, um, Adrian Peterson is going to be playing again, and he is going to be fiery, I promise you. This is a rivalry game for him. He had a horrible showing his first game back. He wants to prove something. I think the biggest thing on the defense is to get aggressive against the run and aggressive rushing Sam Bradford because we know two things. We know that if you can stop Adrian Peterson and the Adrian Peterson-led Vikings, if you can stop Adrian Peterson in the run game and you force – Sam Bradford to beat you. Sometimes he can, but sometimes he can't. That's your best chance right there. If you're just going to let Adrian Peterson run wild on you and focus on stopping Sam Bradford, you could have your hands full if Adrian Peterson goes off. But if you focus on stopping the run game in Minnesota and you force Bradford to make those decisions with, with our opportunistic defense at this point in the season, 
I feel very confident that as long as we put the pressure on Bradford and we stop the run game, I think the Packers are going to come out of this with a victory. That may seem like an obvious statement, right? Stop the run game, make the quarterback beat you. But in today's league, teams are, uh, how do I say this? A little more high-flying, okay? The run game is, while it's important, don't get me wrong, um, you've seen teams not be able to run the ball at all and still be able to torture because they can throw the ball. They're, they're creative. They, the dink and dunk game, the West Coast offense, the spread offense, I mean, they, that is, that's, it's huge right now. You know, it, the old school, the old time of football is, is past. You know, that run hard, you know, that's, that's kind of past now. So, like I said, it, it may seem like an obvious statement, but I think that it's opposite of what you want to do with some other teams, okay? You wouldn't play the Patriots like that, okay? You wouldn't say, we're going to stop the run and we're going to make Brady beat us with his arm. You wouldn't, you wouldn't play it like that. You would say, we need to shut Brady down. We need to play tight coverage, and we need to force them to beat us with their running game, even though they, they do have a decent running game. But that's what I'm talking about. It's kind of the opposite of what you would do with other teams. So I think with the Vikings, again, offensively, the key is to establish the run early and often. And especially in an outdoor game, it's, it's going to be cold. Who knows what the weather is going to be like. Sam Bradford is notoriously bad in cold weather, outdoor, poor weather games. Notoriously bad. So it's very important for our defense then, like you said, stop the run, shut Adrian Peterson down, and force Sam Bradford to beat you with his arm and make those decisions against a very opportunistic Packers defense at this point. So that's the keys. I think the Packers do win it um, on Sunday. I think it's not as close as people think because I think that uh, exactly what I'm saying is exactly what's going to happen. Um, and I can see the Packers winning this 28 to seven. Um, I know everyone just, just crapped their pants right now and just started laughing at me, but 28 to seven, I, you know, I, geez, I shouldn't have made that prediction. Every, you know, every single prediction I've made on this horrible, hideous radio program has been just way off. Um, but you know what? Forget it. I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking on my guns here. I'm telling you. 28-7 to Packer victory against the Vikings next week. Boy, I am almost out of breath here, um, and I need a refill on coffee. So 215-383-3687, remember, is the number to call into the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. You can email the show at realscoreradio at gmail.com. We're going to take a short fake commercial break here. And when we come back from the break, we've got a very special treat Head coach Mike McCarthy in an exclusive interview. You're not going to want to miss this. Stick around, gang. We've got lots more Real Score after the break. Hi, friends. Have you recently been assaulted by Hope Solo? Are you not even a family member of hers? Don't worry. There is help. Red Card Protection, the personal bodyguard service that can guarantee you protection against Hope Solo. These things happen when you associate yourself with Hope Solo, so you need to be sure you hire the right company to protect you. Red Card Protection, we are here for you. Red Card Protection is not a real thing in this and should not be taken seriously.
welcome back. I am joined this morning, as promised, by head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy. Coach, thanks for taking a few minutes this morning. I want to talk to you a little bit about the game plan. How did you get ready for the Bears? I don't know, man. You don't know? You go to the right school. You always try to do the right thing. Well, no, we're, I just want to talk about your game plan with Chicago. Always make tax-deductible, charitable contributions. You vote for a black man for president. Okay. Black man. Okay. I'm, and what do you get? I'm just trying to... Nice kick to the scrote. Yeah, we're just trying to talk... Um, you know, I always no. used to say, no regrets. Okay. Well, I always used to should have say, regret everything. I used to should have say? Okay. Um, I... Okay, uh, we're off track here. I really want to talk to you about the game plan going into Chicago. I am not one of those pathetic people who go around feeling sorry for himself. I, okay, I didn't Oh, the world would be better off without me. Mm-mm. No. Okay. No, Michael, you know that is not true. Okay, um, I just, really, let's get to the game plan here. How did you... I wish I was a bird. Are you, okay. Coach, are you there? Oh, I think we lost Mike McCarthy there. Um, don't worry, gang, we're going to hit the reset button. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break here, and when we come back, we've got lots more real scores. Stick around, gang. Everyone has fingernails and everyone wants cash. So send us all your fingernails and we'll send you some cash. Fingernailsforcash.com. Fingernails for cash. Remember, it's just fingernails, so don't expect much cash. Fingernailsforcash.com. Our service never fails. Just take the cash and don't ask why we want your fingernails. Because we might be building a fort with them. Fingernailsforcash.com. You get the cash, we get to build a fort with your fingernails. And welcome back once again. Okay, reset button. We're good after that horrifying interview with head coach Mike McCarthy. I, it, does, is it just me or every interview we have just gets dumber and dumber and dumber with everybody? I'll tell you what, spoiler alert here. We do have an interview with uh, Packers GM Ted Thompson coming up. And we also have an interview with Packers defensive coordinator Dom Capers. Um We've got a lot of correspondence to get to today too. We've we've got a we got a great a great show unfolding here. This this is good stuff, guys. Um, going on the game plan. You know what I was trying to get out of McCarthy was what his plan was in Chicago because my fear, like I said, it wasn't terribly obvious, but it was there. Um, you saw that same old Packers get it, jump up to a big lead and then coast. So my kind of plan in asking him that question about the game plan in Chicago was to find out if that's actually what he had intended. Hey, we're going to jump out to a big lead and we're going to coast because um, as a Packer fan and, and all you listening up there, the five people, you know that this is true. Okay. You've seen it a million times. So that was kind of what I was trying to get out of that because while I'm confident you know, next week against the Vikings, I just really hope he doesn't try to do that again because I just, you know, if the bear, if we can let the Bears come storming back, we can certainly do the same thing with the Vikings. And don't kid yourself, folks. While home field advantage is an advantage, the Packers are not unbeatable at home, and we all know that. So this is an important one next week, and I think that the game plan going into to this next week has to be spot on. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, 
Packers have looked better. You know, offensively, like I said, they've looked better. Defensively, they're becoming more opportunistic. There's hope, people. There's hope. And, uh, you know, I, I was the last person that I thought I would hear say that myself. I never thought I would hear myself say that, you know, this season, that there is hope because I, I honestly had lost hope and call me a ship jumper, whatever. But I honestly had kind of lost hope in this team. And, and it's there is a, a glimmer of hope now. We can win out. We win the division. I don't know how far we make it, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. Um, like I said, we've got a lot of stuff to get to today. Uh, the phone lines are still open. 215-383-3687 is the number to call into the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Again, the email to the show, realscoreradio at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to jump to another break here uh, because I want to get to our interview with Ted Thompson. I don't want to leave him hanging too much longer. So uh, right after the break, we are going to get to our interview with General Manager Ted Thompson, as promised. Stick around, gang. You're not going to want to miss this. Hey, y'all. This is Hall of Fame quarterback from Kiel, Mississippi. Are you tired of hiding your phone as you're taking a picture of your junk? Well, hide no more, friends. Presenting Wrist Picks, the hidden camera that looks like a watch but functions like a low-quality camera. It's perfect for those discreet junk photos. Don't trust just any camera to take a pic of your six. Trust Wrist Picks. Wristpicks is not a real product, and this head should not be taken seriously. And welcome back. As promised, I am joined this morning by Packers GM, Ted Thompson. Ted, how are you doing this morning? Uh, let's talk some Packers. Uh, let's get right into it. You know, there's just so much stuff going on right now. Of course, there's the holidays, and Christmas is right at the corner. Sure. And... Uh, People are shopping and going to parties and stuff, but it got really cold where I am last night. Oh yeah, Chicago it got was down to like 12 degrees or something. Oh, I, I thought I think it was colder than that, Ted. Known it to be that cold, and it's really hard on old people like myself. Oh yeah, but I'll survive. Oh, sure. And you just stay bundled up and you don't go out in it, and you'll be okay. Sure. Yeah. Um. Hey, let's um, talk. Uh, I went to the store the other day and did. You know, some shopping and in preparation for the cold weather. Okay. Uh, you know, did stocked up and stuff. And I, w- <laughs> I went over to the aisle where the, the chips and candy and stuff are. The, okay. Then one side they have all chips, on the other side it's all candies and, and snacks and all that kind of stuff. And no? there was about so four old guys just rambling. down the aisle. Ted, can One you hear me? guy even had a magnifying glass, and he was reading labels. Hey, Ted. Can... <laughs> it was funny. To and then a couple more old guys. That was the aisle to be on if you wanted hey. to pick up an old yeah, I... guy. <laughs> I guess we just listen to him ramble. It was very popular. <laughs> even I was there. Hey, Ted, um, I want to talk oh, real quick. Oh, my was the guy with the magnifying glass. He was reading labels on the candies. Okay. Um, I want to talk real quick. Anyway, but, uh, it, it, the supermarket where I shop is right across the street from a retirement home. Okay. So there's a lot of elderly people that come in there. Sure. And uh, I, there was one lady once that came in, and she had on her bathrobe. Ooh, wow. <laughs> How about that? I mean, it was obvious it was a bathrobe. 
Yeah. And she, I guess she was out of something, and she just came on over there and didn't put no clothes on, came in and got something and stood in line and was gone. Everybody was looking at her. Wow. So I don't think I would do that. Go, But, you know, people are just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Like man. me. <laughs> yeah, hey, there you go. That's probably the best thing. Ted, did we did we lose you? Nope, oh, I think we lost Ted. Um, well, that was another useless interview from Ted Thompson. Uh, stick around, gang. we got lots more Real Score coming up right after the break. This is this radio program is nonsense. Okay. Get rid of that. Okay. Um, like I said, we've got a um, interview I want to get with uh, get to with uh, defensive coordinator Dom Capers. We got Dom on hold now. We got Dom on hold. Yeah, okay. We got Dom on hold. We got him on the phone. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the defense. I kind of touched on it uh, a little bit. The the uh, defense being a little more opportunistic now, and we. While we have got a couple guys back from injury, um, we it's not like everyone's back, you know, and you can say, okay, well, this is the defense we expected. Now everybody's healthy because that's not the case. I mean, it's still, A, it's late in the season. Everyone's dealing with injuries. And, B, we just don't have all the guys back that we, you know, thought we were going to have. But um, it just it kind of makes you wonder, you know, all of a sudden it's clicking. And I had said this on this show uh, several weeks ago now. Um, that uh, I heard an interview with Brady Papinga uh, on a local Milwaukee sports talk show. And he had said, listen, just, just everybody just relax. He said, the defense will figure it out. They're going to click. They're going to figure it out. And we're all going to see, and they're going to be like, oh, okay, boom, we're back. And it kind of seems like that happened. Like I, at the time, I thought, Brady, you're an idiot, which I guess I shouldn't have thought that because he's an NFL player. Obviously, he knows more than I do. But at the time, I just thought that just that doesn't make sense. How are we all of a sudden, boom, gonna gonna pick it up? These are professional athletes. But sure, shit, it they just all of a sudden, boom, they're clicking, they're picking it up. So I really hope they can keep that going. Um, I would really love to see 
Coach Capers, and, and we can talk to him about this when we get him here. I would love to see him uh, keep his foot on the gas pedal and um, continue to be aggressive because I think that with the few players that we have back from injury, he can be a little more aggressive. Um, so I'll be honest with you, and, and a lot of you may disagree with me. I would rather see the Packers get beat when by being aggressive right? And, and, and blitzes and man coverage and press coverage. I would rather see them get beat by being super aggressive, overly aggressive almost, than I would rather, than I would, you know, like to see them get beat playing conservative because that's really frustrating. It's super frustrating when your defense is telling the offense, no, we're going to give you everything within 10 yards. You know, I get it. Keep, keep everything in front of you. I get it. I get the concept of it, but it is super frustrating because you give up seven, eight, 10, 15, eight, all these chunks, these big chunks of yardage, you know, and they all add up. And eventually keeping everything in front of you is fine. But when you're backed up on the three yard line, you're in trouble. So I would love to see them. I shouldn't say that. I would rather see them get beat being overly aggressive than being super conservative. So I'd like to see that more. And like I said, we, perhaps we can, there's a couple talking points that I want to get to with uh, coach capers, but um, uh, we can't expect too much. I mean, honestly, the first two interviews were hideous. Um, we've had Dom on the show before and it's been, it's been horrid. So I, you know, what, what can we expect? We're going to get to what we can get to, but um, we'll see what happens. Two one five three 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 six eight seven. Phone lines are still open. Hey, seriously, I don't have, I don't have any callers. Come on. I mean, I listen. I know I've got I've got at least five listeners out there. Okay, um, somebody can call in. It's okay. You don't have to be shy. There, there's I know there's you know millions of people listening in listener land, but don't be shy. Give a call. Tell me what you think. Talk sports with me. Need need some Christmas presents ideas? Yeah, that's fine too. I've got some emails to get to later with with some. Very interesting question. So I'm open. I'm an open book, guys. Realscoreradio at gmail.com is the email for the show that you can always drop me a line at. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And after the break, we are going to get to our interview, as promised, with defensive coordinator Dom Capers. Once again, you're not going to want to miss this, guys. Stick around. Hey, are you lonely? Do you like to party with hot girls? What about horsing around with fat guys? Well, what are you waiting for? Give us a call. I'll be on the toilet wearing a t-shirt that's so long I have to hold it under my chin while I wipe. And welcome back to The Real Score. We have a very special guest again this morning, defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, Dom Capers. Dom First of all, thank you for joining us and taking a little bit of time. We won't keep you too long, but, you know, we had some thoughts here in Packerland that what if we played an aggressive style of defense for all four quarters? With all due respect, and remember, I'm saying with all due respect, that idea ain't worth a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. Okay. Coach? Coach? Well, okay, that went about as well as expected. Um, I, I try to tell you guys, listen, I mean, I, I do what I can here. I, I, I'm just, I'm one man, okay? I can only do so much. I can't force these guys to be smart, so I apologize for that horrible 
production. Uh, let's move on. Okay. We, we've spent uh, quite a bit of time on the Packers. I want to move on. I want to get to some other games here. Uh, I want to talk Raiders chargers, 1916 Raiders win it. Um, close game. Uh, last second, not, not a last second field goal, two minutes left field goal. Janikowski. Um, man, that guy's ice. He's like 90 years old, isn't he? Good Lord. Um, that was a good win for the Raiders. I, I'm man. I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold on the Raiders' defense. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the Raiders' offense. But there's something about them. It's kind of like the Lions. Like I'm not a hundred percent sold, but they're there. You know, they're 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 there. You got to give them credit. Um, they've won some tough games. They've beaten some tough teams. And the Chargers don't seem like a tough team, but they are. Um, you know, the Chargers have, have blown, oh, my gosh, uh, how many fourth-quarter leads? Six? That was the sixth fourth-quarter lead that they've blown. So the Chargers are a team that, that can, they can be you. Like, they're right there. They're not a horrible team. Okay, they've still got Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a great quarterback, likely Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, you know, you, that's what I'm saying. You got to give the Raiders some credit. I mean, they're going back to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years, and that's something we take for granted in Green Bay. And I know it's sucky when we have uh, this team that we're hoping that they make the playoffs. Um, but I think about that. I mean, this is the first time the Raiders are going back to the playoffs in 14 years. Um, it's, whew, it's uh, that would be horrible. I mean, that that would be. It'd be great. Don't don't get me wrong. It, to go back to playoffs after that long of a drought, but man, it'd be tough, you know. So I do feel a little bit lucky about that. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the off the field issues with um, with the Chargers. First of all, um, I don't know if it was just me, but that was like a home game in San Diego for the Raiders. Um, I, I know there's a lot of Charger fans out there and for whatever reason, they're not showing up to the stadium. I, I don't know. Maybe the ticket prices are too much. I really don't know. I honestly don't know, but, um, boy, with, with kind of like that, that lingering fear that San Diego is going to lose their franchise. Um, you would think that, that people would show up and support it if there was actually good support for it. Um, and, but it just does not seem like that. It's uh, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's I kind of feel uh, it's tough. It's hard for me to feel bad for these people. Again, the, the coaches, players, it's hard for me to feel bad for them. But um, I mean, the Chargers are five and nine. Okay, they're they were they were eliminated from the playoff chase when Miami beat the Jets on Saturday. I mean, it was over already. They don't they're not playing for anything except for pride at this point. Um, and they'll miss the postseason for the third time under Mike McCoy. Um, it's, it's tough. I, they've lost 21 of their last 30 games and I don't think they're a bad team. They're just, they're just trying to get to that next step. They just can't quite get there. But what's really disappointing is that, I mean, how can you be super motivated when, when your fan base is just done? Like they're just done. They're checked out, you know, and I think the, Honestly, I think the best thing for the Chargers to take that next step might not be a coaching change or a, a change in scheme or offense or defense or whatever. It might be a move. It honestly might be a move. Um, 
I think if you take the Chargers and move them to L.A. instead of the Rams, which, which we did this past offseason, if you keep the Rams in St. Louis and instead last offseason you move the Chargers to L.A., I think the Chargers are a totally different team this year. Honestly, I do. Um, I think they're, the talent level is – there's no comparison between the talent level between the Chargers and the Rams. And what I'm saying is that the Chargers have the pieces, the basic pieces there. Okay, they're not getting blown out. They're, they're in games. Um, but they're missing that motivation factor, and I think a move could really help that. I think that would be huge for them. Um, now, where do they move? How, I don't know. Do you move them to L.A.? Um, to me, L.A. is a basketball market. And again, I was talking to my off-screen producer, Todd Hewitt, and we were kind of talking like, are you really going to have two teams in L.A.? You know, the Rams and the Chargers? You know, L.A. is just, in my mind, and I, I could be wrong, but L.A. is a basketball town. You know, it's never, I don't know. I mean, you had the, you had the Raiders, okay? You had the Rams. You lost them both. I mean, the, the, the Rams, for Christ's sake, left to go to St. Louis, you know, the Raiders left next door to go to Oakland, next door, down the road. But, you know, and here again, I, you know, you're talking about the Raiders moving too. So it's it's going to be interesting. I think the Raiders in Las Vegas would be, uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, as long as they stay away from, as long as they keep the name the same. Um, because experts that come up with names for new teams and new cities are just dumb. I mean, I know you guys have heard the name for the hockey team. I may have said it on the show, the golden Knights. Is that, what that, is that the, is the name of the hockey team? The golden Knights in Vegas. Good God. Like that's just horrible. The golden Knights. Ugh. I can't imagine what those uniforms are going to look like. Oh my God. I just can't imagine just filled with advertisements. Yikes. Um, I want to talk more about the, uh, the Raiders now and, and their possible move to um, Las Vegas. And uh, we've got a, a special guest. Uh, we actually had him on, on our, on our very first show, I believe, uh, Mr. Skrilla Vanilla. Um, he is our correspondent for Detroit. And apparently there were some problems in Detroit um, and he's now had to relocate uh, quite abruptly um, to Oakland and is now covering the Raiders. And uh, I want to go live to uh, to Mr. Skrilla now. Skrilla, you there, buddy? Okay, that was Skrilla. Uh, we're going to keep her moving here. I think what Skrilla was trying to say there was that a move to Vegas uh, would be good, which is what I was saying. He was He was basically agreeing with me, I think, is what he was trying to get at before we had to cut him off there. Um, I think that uh, I think it would be really interesting to see the Raiders move to Vegas. I think it'd be cool. Um, it would certainly. I don't think it would be the best market um, because there's so much in Vegas going on that you know. I mean, I don't know. Do you really have diehard sports fans in Vegas? They don't have any major sports team in Las Vegas. I mean, they've got UNLV, um, and now they're going to have hockey, but currently they have. I mean, there's a reason that there's been no sports there. Um, it's interesting. It's very interesting from a gambling standpoint, too, because obviously we know gambling is big business and it's huge business in Vegas, obviously. But the sports gambling is big everywhere, you know, and, and, and these, uh, you know, draft kings. And I mean, this is all it's all gambling. Um, so that could be really interesting, too, um, from a 
gambling standpoint and from a drama standpoint, because I could see there being tampering, you know, and it'd be really cool that all that drama going on, you know, you've got the hometown Vegas team and you've got, uh, you know, the GM of the team is, is, is next door gambling at the Fremont and, uh, you know, he's betting against his own. I could just see that drama. I think it'd be really cool. I think it would be, I think it'd be really cool. It'd be fun to watch. Um, Again, I, I I know we lost Skrilla there. Can we get can we get Skrilla back on the phone and just make sure that he's okay? Can you just check on that? Make sure. Okay. Um, Skrilla, I, he's I don't know. He's down on his luck, man. I, I don't know. Um, again, I think the Raiders move would be cool. I think it'd be nice to see them go to Vegas. Um, and you know, kind of to sum everything up, good win, good win for the Raiders. Nineteen sixteen, like I said, against the Chargers, um, and Janikowski comes through again. Um, not only am I, you know, was I impressed by that victory, there's another gentleman uh, joining me that uh, was very impressed with that victory for one specific reason. Yes, folks, it's time. Welcome to the camp, the long snapper camp with Jim Bob Gruden. That is right, folks. It is time for another episode of Long Snapper Camp with Jim Bob Gruden. Jim Bob, you there? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. Good to have you back, buddy. Listen, man, you were gone for a couple weeks. Everything okay? Oh, yeah, I just... Listen, I want to talk about a guy, John Condo, man. This guy plays for the Oakland Raiders. This guy's a long snapper. This guy's about as big as my condo in Jacksonville. I'll tell you that right now. August 26, 1981, the world welcomed in John Condo. Guy's 35 years old. He's getting old. Six foot three, 245 pounds. What did I tell you, man? He's about as big as Mike Condo in Jacksonville. Tell you what, this guy, this guy here, man, he's got a very well-developed Epsomate Book of Cleanimus muscle on his neck, man. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Epsomate Book of Cleanimus muscle on your neck, that's the muscle that is solely responsible for long snapping a football. I'm going to tell you something else, man. Jeff Janikowski, or whatever his name is over there, that guy's really happy that John Condo's on the team, man. They keep winning these close games like this, there's no telling what they're going to do, man. When I left that team a long time ago, now I took the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl, for those of you who don't remember. I'm going to tell you something. This guy, John Condo, he could have been on a team at that point. He could still be on a team now. Seems like I'm kind of rambling a little bit, Mike. So I'm going to let you go. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks, buddy. Well... Thank you very much, Jim Bob. That was, jeezy. Uh, you must be having a bad morning or something. Uh, first of all, it's Sebastian Janikowski. What, uh, Jim Bob? Is Jim Bob drunk? Jesus! It's Sebastian Janikowski. First of all, um, second of all, thank you for your concern of why I was gone. It was just, uh, it was really obviously that was a very sincere question that you asked me. Um, uh, Lastly, I, I don't think I've ever heard Jim Bob ramble for that long. That was nonsense, wasn't it? Talking about his condo in Jacksonville and the year that John Condo was born. Good Lord. That was hideous. Well, maybe we'll have something better next week from Jim Bob. But again, Jim Bob, thanks again for joining us. You are a staple on The Real Score, and we appreciate everything you do. Let's move along. Um, I want to talk Cowboys, Buccaneers. Um, 
that was a better game. If you would have told me, okay, two seasons ago, hey, the Cowboys are playing the Buccaneers, I would have said, uh, okay, so. Uh, that was a better game than I think people thought. Um, I, it was it was a little bit sloppy on both ends, but I thought it was a better game than, than – than, it was a better game than I expected, put it that way. Um, I kind of expected the Bucks to win, to be honest with you. I am cooling on the Cowboys a little bit. Um, 26-20, Cowboys end up winning. Uh, the Bucks did take the lead there for a short time. Um, the Buccaneers' defense is no joke. They're just quietly kind of racking up these these major, you know, stats on defense. I mean, they are they're number one in the league in several categories, and they're top five in several more categories. They're, you know, I, I, they're kind of in a weak division, I suppose. But you know, the Packers in a weak division. But boy, I mean, they're just. They're kind of piling it on on defense. Surprisingly, it's it's fun to watch. It really is. It's it's cool to see a team like that. You know, that's been so bad for so long. Get it, kind of get finally kind of get it together. The Cowboys, on the other hand, it's not cool to ever see the Cowboys get it together because, as Packer fans, we don't like Cowboys, and it is what it is. But um, I I'm cool on the Cowboys. I really am. I um. I think Dak Prescott is showing his, his um, I don't want to say immaturity because it's not that. It's just inexperience maybe is a better word. I think he's showing his inexperience in the NFL. Um, and it's crunch time now, and, and there's more pressure, you know. Um, it's just, it's tough, you know. It's tough to play in the NFL and, and play consistent and um, do it for a, a full season. You know, it's a grind. Um, but I'm, I'm cool on the Cowboys. I am. I, I just... Boy, you know, I mean, the, I don't think the Buccaneers are a um, deep playoff-worthy team, I guess would be a good way to put it. And they give the Cowboys everything they could handle. Um, I mean, the Giants took it to the Cowboys. Um, and the Giants are turning it on, too, at, at, the, at the right time. But, um, boy, it's it's... They're just, hmm, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I want to go to our Dallas correspondent. Um, this is a, this is a special guest. It's the first time we've had Jack on, and um, Jack's a good guy. He's an old friend. Um, it's a little bit. He's a little bit overbearing, but uh, – we can, we'll try to get through this. Uh, this is a uh, Dallas correspondent, Jack Mehoff, and Jack's going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the future of Dallas and what we can expect here. Jack, are you there? Hey, hey man, thanks for having me on, Mike. I just want to say one thing here that the Dallas Cowboys are, are by far the, the greatest team in the history of the world. And I'm going to tell you something else, man. Dak, Dak Prescott, he is the greatest quarterback I think I've ever seen, but I'm going to tell you something here right now, man. If I see that guy make one more mistake dropping the football or something, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what you better put Tony Romo in, and then when we put Tony Romo in, you know damn well everybody's gonna complain about it. So we're just gonna do what we can, and we're gonna start winning some football games. All right, how about them Cowboys? Wow. Um, oh, like I said, Jack's a little he can be a little overbearing, but thank you, Jack. Thanks for uh, joining us and for that useless information. Uh, now the Dallas Cowboys upcoming, they have the Lions um, at home. I think that's a win for Dallas. I hope it's a win for Dallas because it means good things for the Packers. 
Um, and then they have the Eagles to close out the season in Philadelphia. I think that's a loss, folks. I think they lose to the Eagles, and I think it's ugly. Um, the Eagles are playing for pride at this point, or they will be, especially at that point. Um, and I just, I'm, like I said, I'm cooling on Dallas. I think the Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys in the last game of the season, and it's ugly. And I think the Dallas Cowboys go into the playoffs with that loss hanging over them, and I think they get bumped out immediately. But, hey, they made it, so good for them. Um, let's uh, go to the other side, to the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I do have uh, our correspondent standing by live, uh, who's actually the uh, radio voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and of the Florida State Seminoles, Mean Gene Deckerhoff. Mean Gene, you there, buddy? What's this Mean Gene Deckerhoff here from Tampa Bay? I just want to say one thing. The, the Buccaneers have almost won, but we still remember the fire the cannons, Bucks fans. Fire the cannons. We were firing the cannons all the way from Dallas, but we just couldn't get the win. Mean Gene Deckerhoff, fire the cannons. We're going to fire the cannons next week, and we're going to fire the cannons some more the week after. Mean Gene Deckerhoff here signing off. Thanks, Mike. Jeez, talk about – thanks, Mean Gene. Talk about uh, self-promotion. I don't think I've ever heard someone say their own name so many times in a segment. Wow. Uh, future of the Bucks upcoming, they have the Saints and the Panthers, okay, both division games. Um, I think they win both. I think uh, they went out. Uh, they win their division. And I think um, Bucks make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know how far they go, but Bucks team, this Bucks team is better than people think. Their defense is much better than people think. They're quietly, um, like I said, they're quietly getting better. They are, they're, a, they're a defense on the rise, and it could mean good things for, for um, the fans in Tampa Bay, the, the 15 fans that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Um, two one five three 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 six eight seven again is the number to dial into the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Real Score Radio at Gmail dot com is my email. You can drop me a line anytime there. We are going to take another short fake commercial break, and after the break, we're going to come back with a lot more Real Score. Stick around, guys. I had a good job until my boss accused me of stealing. I was out partying, minding my own business. You are under arrest. I'd better call Saul. Hi, I'm Saul Goodman. Did you know that you have rights? The Constitution says you do, and so do I. I believe that until proven guilty, every man, woman, and child in this country is innocent. And that's why I fight for you, Albuquerque. Better call Saul. And welcome back to the real score. Boy, that that commercial kind of sounded. Uh, I caught the tail end of it in my headphones, and uh, it sounded like I've heard that before. Um, anyway, I want to I want to jump back to the uh, NFC North uh, and talk a little bit about the Lions, Lions and Giants. Um, the Giants, uh, like I just said, are kind of turning it on at the right time as well, um, and they beat the Lions seventeen to six. Eli Manning looked good. Uh, Giants. Defense is coming on strong. Um, I think more than that, I think the Lions might be in a bit of trouble because I think they lose next week to the Cowboys, and I think they lose to the Packers, and they're out. 
and it would be typical Detroit Lions fashion to choke the last half of the season, the last couple games of the season, and miss out on the playoffs. And I can see it happening. I mean, I know that listen, the Lions have a pretty good football team, but I can, I can see it happening. Um, there was clear frustration um, within the Lions uh, in the game against the Giants. I mean, it was very clear. In fact, I have some very exclusive raw audio for you guys. Uh, this is this is a real treat. You're going to like this. Um, this is actually a conversation. Um, I'll give you kind of the backstory of it. It's, it's actually a conversation between uh, Jim Caldwell, head coach of the Lions, and Matthew Stafford, obviously the the frat boy quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Um, and uh, what had happened is, uh, I don't know if many of you have seen this, but Caldwell actually called on Stafford to win the game for him. And, and basically Caldwell was telling him, hey, this is, this is what we got to do. You know, you're either with me or you're against me. And I want you to handle this, and I want you to chuck it around, and I want you to do this. And, and he's just – Jim Caldwell is putting everything – on Matthew Stafford. And it's, it's interesting. This is, like I said, this is raw, uncut audio. Uh, you guys listen closely here. This is, this is good stuff. Listen in. Jim, don't do it. Don't do it. If you value our partnership, don't do it. We've been putting it in together for nine do it. years. Don't do it, Jim. Do it. Jim, don't, don't do it. Do, do, it. do it. Who's there? Why'd you do it, Jim? Why? Why? To humiliate me? Boring. For what? No. 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 Hell no. 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 I refuse. No. No. Clearly, frustration within the Lions on that sideline. Uh, you could, you could hear it. Uh, that's, that is great, great, great audio. Um, it was actually uh, from uh, Mr. Skrilla Vanilla, uh, who is now in Oakland, but uh, he did have to travel back to Detroit for some reason really quickly uh, for a day or two. And he was actually able to uh, get on the sidelines and get that audio. So great job to, uh, to, you know, to Skrilla Vanilla again for that. That was, that was, uh, that's good stuff. Really gives you a, uh, a good look into what's happening on that sideline there, doesn't it? Wow. Now the future, uh, like we kind of talked about with the Lions, I think might be a little bit bleak. They got the Cowboys next and they got the Packers next. And I think both of those are losses. Sorry. Sorry, Detroit. Thanks for playing. Um, let's go to the other side. I want to go to the Giants now. Uh, the Giants, like I said, they're kind of turning it on at the right time. The defense is looking good. Um, you know, I've said this many times before. Eli Manning is just such a corn-fed mouth breather. But for whatever reason, he just hangs around and hangs around. And we're seeing it. He's just hanging around. And he's just putting together these games that are halfway decent. And uh, the league could be in some trouble if the Giants get hot. I mean, I hate. I just hate it. I hate saying it. But the Giants are one of those teams that when they get hot, you just like, oh, boy. And it could happen. Um, I want to talk more about uh, the Giants, and I want to go live to our um, New York Giants correspondent standing by in Brooklyn today, actually, across the bridge, uh, Mr. Vinny Scapoli. Vinny, you there, buddy? 
Hey, yo, what are you doing? Hey, oh, hey, yo, hey, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get over here. What are you doing? Hey, hey, yo, hey, jet suck, hey, yo, hey. Mm, well, that was, that was truly um, riveting. Wow. Thanks, Vinny. That was great journalism there. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Um, up next for the Giants, you've got the Eagles and the Redskins, and I think both of those are wins. I think, um, I think Giants make it in the playoffs. Uh, I, they're, I think they're both wins. Um, the Eagles are, are not great. The Giants are turning it on. The Redskins are not great. The Giants are turning it on. Um, this is going to be interesting. Uh, keep an eye. Keep an eye on the New York Giants, guys. Wow. Um, we have got about 40 minutes left. Uh, we've got a lot more to get to. So uh, don't go anywhere. Okay, again, 215 is the number to call into the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Uh, we are going to take another short fake commercial break. And we come back. I've got a special segment for you guys. And it's a brand new segment. And it is called Emails from Around the World. Stick around, gang. Hi there. Are you a large person? Pleasantly plump, a little on a hefty side perhaps? Well, let's face it, are you fat? When you go jogging, do you leave potholes? When you make love, do you have to give directions? At the zoo, do elephants throw you peanuts? Do you look at a menu and say, okay? Well, now you can eat all you want, because at Thornton Mellon's tall and fat stores, we've got you covered. That's right, fine woolen. And woolen blends suits and sport coats in all the larger sizes. Husky, stop, extra stop. And the new Hindenburg line. And for you ladies, we have caftans, boo-boos, and our own exclusive A-frame in all colors and patterns. Yes, we have miles and miles of fabric. So take it from me, Thornton Mellon. If you want to look thin, you hang out with fat people. Thornton Mellon's Tall and Fat, 150 locations across... And now, folks, it's time for another episode of emails from around the world where we dive into nonsensical emails from nonsensical places from nonsensical people. That is right. My brand new segment, emails from around the world. Let's jump into it. I've got an email from Roger in Battle Creek, Washington. Roger says, what is a good Christmas present to get the ultimate sports fan? A couch. Oh, that noise right there. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That noise, right there, folks, that noise right there, folks, means that it is the lightning round, and it is time to speed through these emails from around the world as quickly as we possibly can. So let's get to it. Brenda from Scranton, Pennsylvania. How do I? Don't care. John from Orlando, Florida. I'm looking for it. Don't care. Reginald from Don't Care. Rick from Don't Care. Whew. We... Barely made it through that lightning round before we had an explosion there. Um, whew. That was rough. That was rough. Uh, 215 is the number to dial into the Hewitt Moving and Storage Hotline. Realscoreradio at gmail.com is my email. You can shoot me an email anytime you want to talk. Um, let's take our last commercial break here. Um, we come back, we're going to... Uh, Talk story, as they say in Hawaii. We're going to talk some story, and um, we're going to close this out. We're going to end this with a bang, guys. So a lot more Real Score coming up after our final commercial break. Stick around. 
Hi, friends. This is former Bulls rebounding champ, The Worm. Are you a large male like myself? Do you have a hard time finding a pretty dress that fits? Are you unsure what you're going to wear to your next meeting with the leader of North Korea? There is a solution. Worm gowns. Custom-made wedding-style gowns for large males like yourself. Take it from The Worm. You'll look pretty. Worm gowns is not a real product, and this advertisement should not be taken seriously. And welcome back. Mmm, that's good coffee. Ooh, that is cold coffee. Oof, all right. Um, I want to do a uh, an actual plug here uh, for a product that uh, I just started using. Um, no, not Extends, although that is working wonders. A different product that I've been using. Um, Dr. Carver's Miracle Repair Serum. Now, this is, this is real. This is not a uh, fake joke, commercial, whatever. Um, this is real. My wife signed up for Dollar Shave Club, signed me up for Dollar Shave Club. Okay, us, I guess. Um, and I'm not being paid by Dollar Shave Club to say any of this. Um, I am just simply saying it because I am super impressed. Um, I would highly recommend it. I, I think she got the deluxe package, which is like nine bucks a month. Um, and you get new razors every month. It's $9 a month, new razors every month. And they have uh, a variety of different products you can order. You can order, you know, hair putty and um, uh, bar soap and, and all this stuff. Well, they've got this stuff, Dr. Carver's Miracle Repair Serum. And now most of you know, I have a, I have a pretty, you know, bushy beard and uh, um, I don't have to shave my whole face. I just, you know, occasionally shave my neck every couple days or so. Well, because the hair on my neck grows so thick, um, when I shave, it, you, you get that razor burn, you get the bumps, you get the ingrown hairs. Um, it's something I've dealt with my entire adult life. And I just kind of dealt with it. You know, after you shave, it's all red and bumpy. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, makes you a little bit self-conscious, I guess. Um, so anyway, so my wife ordered this stuff, this, this repair serum. And after you shave you, it's like lotion. You just put a little bit in your fingertips and you rub it around your neck. And I am not kidding. I've been using it for, oh, probably about a week now, week and a half since she got it. And it is like night and day guys. I am, I'm not, this is no joke. This is, this is serious stuff. Go to dollarshaveclub.com and check this stuff out. Um, I would highly recommend their products especially if you're like me and you have kind of that you know that razor burn and that uh, ingrown hair going on on your neck when you shave um, or anywhere on your face really um, this stuff has worked wonders even if you just use it every day even if you don't have to shave every day just use it every day it's just like a lotion and uh, boy it works really good and not only does it help you know with with all the you know razor burn and the and the ingrown hairs which on my neck are completely gone after one week um, it makes it a lot smoother when you shave, uh, every time you shave that it like softens the hair. It's just, this is, it's good stuff, guys. No joke. It's really good stuff. Dr. Carver's miracle repair serum, dollarshaveclub.com. You guys got to check them out. This is, it's, it's no joke. They got the real deal there. Um, as some of you know, uh, my wife and I are leaving the state of Hawaii. Um, Headed for colder weather. 
uh, we're trying to enjoy the last little bit of, you know, nice, warm, tropical weather that we can. But um, for those of you sitting in Wisconsin or Michigan in the freezing cold right now, you're probably thinking, man, that's crazy. Why would you want to leave Hawaii? And I'll tell you something that my cousin told me a long time ago that everyone has always, you know, we've all heard this saying, the grass is always green on the other side. And my cousin told me this a long time ago um, when I was in high school even. And, uh, you know, just talking about moving from one place to another and and what you're going to do in life. And he said to me, just the grass is always greener. Remember that until you get there. And he's right. And, and, you know, my wife and I have been so lucky that we've been able to travel the way we have. And, um, you know, I I left Wisconsin and moved to Florida for uh, several years. My wife and I met in Florida. Um, We lived together in St. Thomas for about a year in the Virgin Islands. Um, We moved back to Wisconsin and lived for a year. Um, And we moved to Hawaii and we've been to Hawaii for about a year. And now we're, you know, headed off on another adventure here, hopefully our final adventure. But um, we've been so lucky to be able to travel like that. But I I will tell you one thing, that there is – I don't want to say there's no place like home because it's extremely cliche, but there's no place like feeling like you're at home, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, the weather is great, but it shouldn't be the reason that you move someplace. And I'm speaking from experience, I'm telling you, because there's a lot of things that you don't think about. Okay. One thing in particular, you know, in warm weather climates that you really don't think about when you're not from there, or you haven't spent any time there is bugs and cockroaches. Like we keep a very clean house, a very clean people. And there are cockroaches freaking everywhere. And I'm talking Florida, St. Thomas, Hawaii. It's all the same. It's tropical. It's all the same. There are rats everywhere in Hawaii as well. Um, it's just, it's the way it is. I mean, it's, it's a big city in Honolulu. It's a big city. It's just the way it is. There's a lot of things you don't think about. You just think about, oh my gosh, it's Hawaii. It's beautiful weather, but it's very easy. Uh, kind of like the, the winter time in Wisconsin It's easy to just kind of feel blah because it's all the same gray, dead, cold, all the same. It's, it's easy, believe it or not, to feel the same way when you're in a place like, like Hawaii, because it's always the same when you get those rainy days, it's, it's, it's kind of nice, you know, it's a change of pace. So keep in mind, guys, the grass is always greener on the other side. Don't make any of these decisions based on weather and climate. If you're going to go somewhere, go somewhere, but go somewhere because it feels like home to you, whether that could be the climate, whether the, the people are nice, anything. That's great advice. You know, I should, man, I should be, I should be charging for this, honestly. I mean, that, that advice was fantastic. Also, if anybody has any friends that work for Dollar Shave Club, please feel free to mention this hideous radio program to them so that they can pay me for their advertising that I just did. Um, we're going to end this. Uh, it's been fun. Um, I promise not to take too many more breaks uh, from the air. I know you guys were extremely upset that the last two weeks uh, we didn't have a show here. Uh, I've just been busy. I've been traveling around. Um, I went back to the mainland uh, for a little while. I was sick there for a spell. It just, it's just been nuts. With, with the move coming up, it's just been crazy. So um, bear with me. All right. We will be back next Monday uh, with lots more sports talk. Um, we didn't get any college football today, and that's okay because we're kind of on a little break here. 
But uh, we are going to talk college football next Monday. Um, Same bad time, same bad channel as always. I want to thank you all for joining me on this hideous journey to the magical world of this sports universe. Again, join me next Monday. I promise, next Monday. Same time, more rant, skewed opinions, and shoddy journalism. Hopefully you laughed, hopefully you cried today, but most importantly, hopefully you will remember to always be all about that action. See you next time.